My name is Matt Brown. What's up, boss? You believe now? You, you, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Do you believe now? Huh? Oh, no, no, no. I read through that bull junk you wrote. I, I read through that. I sifted through all that. Yeah. Oh, no. Come on. Do you believe? You don't believe. You just answered it. You don't believe. Next question. And let's start the show. Who in the hell is that? That there's false gum, coach. Just a local idiot. And can you believe it? I got to go to college, too. Everybody, the world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Thursday, September 7th, 2023, and this is a recap of week one of the college football season. Now, this is a very special show, a very unique show, a very rare show, where I'm going to do the podcast by myself, a solo podcast. Very, very rare of me. I love collaborating with other people. But um, I'll explain shortly why it's just me today. But before we get into that and we get into a very good college football show, a solid 30 minutes on all the big things happening in the world of college football, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter at Prod Combo Pod. We're on TikTok and Facebook at Productive Conversations. So once this year started, I said we are going to cover college football every single week. Now, my experience with college football itself, I've been an on and off fan. I didn't really have a team per se. I never really had a favorite college football team. Not really in my life. I do like UConn Huskies basketball, but not really a big football fan. When I was growing up, you know, the big thing was Vince Young versus Matt Leinart. That was probably the highlight and the peak of college football in my childhood. But I always kind of really liked um, Ohio State growing up for whatever reason. But then I phased out of that. And I just watched the broader get the broader view of college football, really got into it in high school, big Alabama, you know, watching Alabama and stuff like that. Then in college itself, I lost interest in college football and in college sports, weirdly. I think it was because I was in college. I wasn't actually at a power five school or a very big sports school in general. So I didn't really pay attention much to the college game for whatever reason. I mean, I looked at the big headlines, but I didn't really, you know, looked hard into it. Then as col- then as the years gone by, I finished college. I got into it a little more, and it kept growing and growing. And I was, again, looking at the broader picture of things and looking at prospects for the NFL. Then I decided last year to really get into it but not cover it. And then... You know, with all the realignment happening in college football and a lot of major changes, I thought, you know what? And also figuring out ways to grow this show more. This this podcast and brand is important to me. And I really want to have such a broad audience from all different backgrounds, men, women, and all other genders too. I really want this to be a show for everyone. So I figured, why not get into the college realm have a weekly show for it we can fit it why not 
it's fun to talk about. And I said, let's do it. Though I might not be at coming into this year, and especially I wasn't the biggest college football fan until a year ago. I said, you know what? I can do this. We follow the NFL. I mean, I've always been a sports fanatic. I really believe that I know sports more than most other people. I'll be on the record saying that, especially baseball, basketball, football, hockey, and all of that. I know I know those four sports like the back of my head. And then really getting into college more. And I know about the college traditions. I know about the teams. And I knew about the programs and conferences, of course. And really into college basketball and college football. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to cover college football with, with a team. And as I'm recruiting throughout the summer, I had plenty of people say, yeah, I want to do it. I said, okay, can you do it on Wednesdays at this time? Yes. So I make a little group chat. And of course, I'm starting to ask, all right, first I had a, a, sh- a meeting before the season started so I can tell everybody what's going on. Only one person attended that and for a group chat of eight people. A few of them had a legit excuses. Some didn't. And um, it's actually Alex Rinelli, the only one who came through. So I said, listen, Alex, you know, I'm trying, but we live in an area where college football isn't as big, but as long as you and me can do it, I think we can make great content. And we did. We made some solid content in the preview show and was just, and I watched on Saturday sharply all the big games throughout from 12 noon to 10 p.m. for the Pacific games. And then I was like, okay, this is going to be great. This is going to work out. Alex then told me a few days ago, hey, I should be, I'm, I'm traveling for work. I have to check something out when I go to Pennsylvania. I should be there. I said, okay, great. Calls me as I'm working on Tuesday night, on Wednesday night. Hey, I don't know. I'm here, but my boss is making me do stuff. I was like, okay, call me at 8.39. We usually record at 9 p.m. the night before an episode drops. And we'll go from there. And basically when he told me that, I was like, damn, I'm going to have to do the show by myself. He's not going to be able to do it. Because let's be real, when situations like that happen, most of the time people say, hey, I may or may not be there. They're they're either trying to warn you or let you know, hey, I'm probably not going to do this in a nicer way. Or they, you know, legitimately can't do it. And Alex Rinellio, I trust his word. He is a genuine person. So... I saw that he won't be able to do it, but I know he's busy. So I was like, okay, I'll do it by myself. I'll take on the challenge and I will do a solo college football show, even though I really didn't start following college football extensively until last year. And that's what brings us here today. Alex had a work obligation. I still have a college football team technically, but um, no one's answering the messages. There's no point of me micromanaging and hounding for people where I can't pay them yet. So you know what? I'll just uh, make an example of them when we make it big and when we make this viral and when we get paid and monetize this show. I'm not giving you anything if you're not going to stay loyal or join the journey with us. And if you just want to ride on the coattails... It's not going to work like that. We still have a lot of years to put in and a lot of work. But once we do hit that, we'll remember who was there and who wasn't. So that brings us today. And I actually recorded the show before I did this portion. I was very proud 
of myself and very proud of how this all worked. Once the red light came on, we started recording. Bam, 30 minutes, nothing but great content, hitting the whole nation, big headlines, and then making picks after. This wound up being a show I'm very, very proud of. So we are going to, as we usually release it, by the time you hear it, we just hope that the algorithm does its thing and people spread the word and people check it out. And I know for a fact you get a great review of the week of the first week of the college football season and the show I'm extremely proud of and will always remember 259 the week one of the 2023 college football season where I did it by myself and it worked out so why don't I present it to you and for the first time I'll say Matt it's your turn once again let us review the week before in college football where we had Colorado make some noise with Deion Sanders Caleb Williams showing why he might be the first two-time Heisman Trophy winner since the 70s, while we have other quarterbacks making names for themselves in the league, Jalen Milrow, Michael Pennick Jr. of Washington, Jalen Milrow of Alabama, Drake May of North Carolina, and all of that good stuff. And then, you know, what Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter did for Colorado and a lot of big-name schools that were ranked that went down, like LSU and Clemson. There's a lot to get into. It's just you and me talking college football week one, and it's a damn good show, and let's check it out. Here we go. Matt from Norwalk. Uh, Let's see. Matt Brown wants to know. This is a very productive conversation. It was quite a crazy first week in the world of college football. We saw top teams, ranked teams go down. We did not expect so early. We obviously seen a program that might be making a lot of noise all summer long, all year long. You know what team is, Coach Prime, good stuff there. And we just just saw this very deep class, this future draft class show why they are so deep with very impressive games throughout the entire college football week one. And we are here to take you through it. This is Matt Brown here from the Productive Conversations podcast. It is just me today doing this college football show. Um, Unfortunately, our team could not come through when we needed it. Except um, the good boy Alex Renelio shouts to him, though he had a last-minute work obligation, and that's fine. All I know is that, you know, this is show 259. We're going to keep grinding and grinding so that one day we can get paid for this. That one day as we grow this amazing audience known as the productive nation, that we can give opportunities to people who are worthy and people who don't have to work really late hours to put out content amongst the career they're trying to pursue right now. And I get it. So it's no hard feelings at all. We just have to do what we have to do sometimes. And I appreciate the challenge. And I didn't expect to do a solo show in the college football season. This is my first year covering college football, but you know what? Did my homework. I watched the games and I'm ready to give you what I can. And it's going to be nothing but pure entertainment. And we're going to entertain, inform, and inspire you. And so let us do it. So the first thing we will get into here in our college football show today is obviously the big story that everybody was talking about where the Colorado Buffaloes took on the TCU Horn Frogs last year. TCU was in the national championship game. It was not pretty. And I'm sure a lot of people who are TCU fans don't want to remember it. And then you 
want to start fresh in front of your home fans. You're ready to start a new year and you just so happen to run into a program that is on the way to really revamp and change themselves. And it is head by arguably the most popular college football coach in the land right now, Deion Sanders, after turning around Jackson State. His next goal is to turn around the University of Colorado, bringing in a lot of players and a lot of transfers in the transfer portal to replace who was on the team last year. And a lot of people doubting them. A lot of people saying Colorado ain't going to be anything, giving them an over under at just three and a half. And Coach Prime saw it. Coach Prime read the reviews. Coach Prime re- kept receipts. And you know what? We got nothing but a juggernaut football game on Saturday afternoon, high noon. And Colorado defeats TCU by a score of 45 to 42. Insane offense throughout. And obviously the two big players that made some noise here for Colorado and have become big names in the nation is Shadur Sanders, the quarterback, and Travis Hunter, the wide receiver and defensive back. Shadur Sanders, 38 for 47, 510 yards and four touchdowns. And Travis Hunter playing on both sides of the ball. And he gives you this on offense. He goes 11 catches, 119 yards. And then on defense, Travis Hunter. Let's look at the, the numbers on defense. Three total tackles and a deflection. And he had an interception in this game. So look at that. Shadur Sanders goes crazy as the quarterback on offense. And Travis Hunter goes crazy on both offense and defense. And I'd watch the game back and forth. No huddle offenses, very fast paced. And we couldn't believe what we were watching. You just had a good feeling coming into this game. Colorado was 20 point underdogs and they beat TCU by three points. Sure, their defense allowed 42 points. And I'm sure Coach Prime knows that that is an issue but it could be solved. And you know what? Colorado made a statement, especially when so many people, especially experts, really believe that this team may be fun to watch, but can they really win games? They start off the bat beating the national champion runner-up. That's something. Coach Prime's amazing speeches, pre-game and post-game, pre-game, mid-game and post-game. And, you know, Whether you're a Dion fan and really admire the guy's confidence or you think he's cocky and you're turned off by him and you think he's arrogant. But the bottom line is on that Saturday afternoon, he proved why he's special and he really has a great chance to turn this program around. And I know it's just week one and there's plenty of overreactions during this week, but just seeing how explosive on offense this team really is, you possibly had maybe not just one, but two Heisman candidates in here. And for a team that is about to leave the Pac-12, go back to the big, the Pac-12 and now go to the uh, big 12. It is pretty impressive. Travis Hunter, Shadur Sanders, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And when we go, we'll see when they play Nebraska this this Saturday at home. And 
you know, the people of Colorado are going nuts there on that campus in Boulder. Some pretty good stuff. Very entertaining. And wow. All I can say, what an impressive debut to the Power Five conferences, to the Power Five schools for Deion Sanders. Coach Prime, giving you something to talk about. We love it. We will see them next week against Nebraska. And for us, for TCU, uh, tough break there. You know, uh, Chandler Morris, you know, only going 24 for 42, throwing a couple of picks. That's not going to help. Emmanuel Bailey played in some work on the rushing game. Um, the receivers, none of them passing over 100 yards receiving. And um, obviously their defense could not handle Hunter and Sanders. And yeah, it was uh, something else. But that was one fun game to watch. Too bad for the Horn Frogs, but shouts to the Buffaloes. Very entertaining stuff throughout. Good stuff from Colorado there. Another game that really had a lot of people talking about and had a lot of other people uh, turning heads. And let me just get the notes right here to tell you what happened. But why don't we talk about on Sunday, Sunday night, we saw number five ranked LSU take on number eight, Florida State University. And Florida State gave quite the ass whooping to the Tigers of LSU. Florida State has had quite a difficult 10 years, you know, dealing with uh, bad PR and all of that. But as they have improved and as they got to be ranked eighth in the nation coming into this game, and then playing LSU, a lot of people see them as a team who should be playing in the college football playoff. Florida State just went in and showed that we are going to start a new era here in Seminole Country. And then look at this. They went 45-24. You have five touchdowns from Jordan Travis alone, the quarterback, 346 yards. Uh, sorry, no, 342 yards. Guy can run, the guy can pass, and quite a good amount of weapons as well right here as I'm seeing. That was something else, and LSU could not keep up whatsoever. And uh, especially for the weapons here, whether Keon Coleman, nine receptions, 122 yards, Johnny Wilson, seven receptions, 104 yards, and... Jaden Daniels, who people expect he could be a Heisman candidate, he played fine. And in fact, he played pretty well, but it was the uh, LSU Tigers defense that was not stepping up when they needed to. So, Florida State Seminoles, people really excited. Could they be playing in there? Could they be going back to the college football playoffs since Jameis Winston? You know, ever since he left in that very abysmal game against Oregon in the Rose Bowl. Florida State hasn't been the same, but now that they are back to prominence and getting a huge win off LSU, and LSU can't afford to lose another game or they are going to be playing <laughs> not in the college football. Enjoy the, the Peach Bowl or whatever. But uh, Florida State really making a statement in this game on a Sunday night. So good stuff from them on the uh, Seminole side. 
So other things we could get into here. Jalen Milrow, who is the quarterback of Alabama, and it seems who is ever recruiting these players for the Crimson Tide, they really know where to find, you know, the next big thing. People, Jalen Milrow, uh, Jalen Milrow, they said, he, is he the next Jalen Hurts? Another guy who has a great arm, an accurate arm, and who can run the ball and um, make some noise and play under pressure. We'll have to see, you know, as I'm pulling up the score for the Crimson Tide. Just one moment, please. You know... All right, we have it right here. You're going up against Middle Tennessee State. Not exactly much of a threat for the fourth-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. But Jalen Milrow, until uh, he got out as they were, you know, just destroying this FCS team, he really showed that uh, this guy wasn't under pressure. 13 for 18. 194 yards and three touchdowns. Also rushing at seven carries and 48 yards. This guy might be pretty legit. I'm going to say he's fun. I'm going to say he's a diligent and knows how to break those tackles. And even like I said, to start off the season in front of a packed house down in Tuscaloosa, he had a great statement game to start his tenure as a starting quarterback for Bama. You know, now they're going up against a very tough matchup in Texas at home Saturday night, the ninth. And we'll see if he's ready to take on the Texas defense and go up against a future SEC school. But I want to say Jalen Milrow, watch out for him because he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Good stuff from him right there. All right, what do we have next for you all? Just one moment. Best player in the nation, Caleb Williams, who people feel that he might actually be the, he might actually get a second Heisman Trophy. Let me just look up really quick. Are there multiple? I don't believe there have been multiple Heisman winners. Let's do it. Let's do it on Google really quick. Only one player has won the Heisman Trophy twice, and that was Ohio State's Archie Griffin. Oh, wow. Look at that from Google. When did Archie Griffin play? Okay, he wins and he won the Heisman twice in 1974 and 1975. He played a solid, had a solid NFL career. I wasn't too familiar with that with him but um you know lasted for the Bengals for a bunch of years but the bottom line here though is uh, at ohio state was the first ever multi-time heisman trophy winner but could somebody join his company in caleb williams well going up against nevada they scored 66 points on them and only uh gave up 14 so they win 66 to 14 Caleb Williams, 319 yards, five touchdowns. <laughs> Pretty good stuff right there. And I mean, what else can we say about Caleb Williams? He's a star. He's a fun to watch. He 
you know, we'll see if he wants to, you know, go him, if he really wants to play for the Arizona Cardinals next year or, or stay. But, um, I'm pretty sure he will, uh, he has another year of eligibility next year, but, um, we'll ultimately see where he goes. But Caleb Williams is making some noise for his first game of the 2023 season. Who is the tro? Who are the Trojans going to play this week? And they're going against Stanford. I'm sure Stanford really would like to make some strides there against the uh, number six ranked team in the country. But, um, USC going up against uh, some very exciting people. And we'll see if USC can make a push for the college football playoff. Number one ranked Georgia wins 48 to seven. Again, no surprise there playing a much worse team, but Carson Beck in his uh, first game as the starter for quarterback, 21, 31, 294 yards and one touchdown. Um, Good stuff for the Georgia Bulldogs there. So where else can we take our direction here in this podcast? Oh, I got one. Just one moment. Again, multitasking here. Just doing the show by myself, but no problem. We love the challenge, don't we? And another quarterback to watch out for. And somebody who was put on my radar recently is Michael Pennick of Washington. And uh look at what look at the numbers he put up this weekend. Against Boise State. They won 56 and 19. Michael Pennick Jr., five touchdowns, 450 yards. I mean insane. Absolutely insane what uh these Future Heisman Trophy winner, sorry, future Heisman Trophy candidates played this past weekend. And people said, this is a very deep quarterback class. Heck, if you don't win this year in the NFL, it's not so bad because you might have your next franchise quarterback there. There has to be at least three or even four quarterbacks in this draft class that might actually, you know, again, be that franchise quarterback and save a franchise. But, um, it is what it is there, but Michael Pennick Jr., again, maybe another team that makes a push to get to be the uh, last seed in the college football playoff in Washington, the Huskies, I believe. And, yeah, they, they put on some noise. But why don't we also talk about the teams that fell short, the ranked teams that uh, did not live up to par for week one. So let me uh, go in a particular order on this one. Boston College lost. All right, one second. Have it right here. All right, let's look at let's look at these these uh, teams that really underachieved. As we talked about with LSU being a f- ranked fifth in the nation and losing, that is nowhere. To, that is not a good start for them. The Tigers not looking good in that game at all, especially on defense. We had Boston College lose to Northern Illinois. Man, I just love these stories when you hear about programs that spend so much money. Or I should say get paid so much money to play a much superior team, whether they want to 
want it as practice or they want to just embarrass another team in front of all the uh, spectators and uh, board of ed and, and the uh, charters and all of that. And then you're telling me that uh, Northern Illinois said, no, we're not taking this. We're not getting embarrassed. We're going to play hard-nosed football and we are going to prove you wrong. And guess what? The Boston College, they're the Eagles. We're not ready to play in a very tightly played game. And Northern Illinois wins 27 to 24. Oh, man. Boston College, not pretty. Not pretty at all. And what else do we see? Florida losing to Utah. Now, Utah's ranked, but Florida, they thought, might be uh, still a good team. Might be able to get ranked as the season goes on, but losing to Utah, that's not going to help. Baylor going down against North Texas. Ooh, not pretty. Not pretty at all. But the big, but another big game that is just as big as LSU, but uh, gets its own segment on itself, is the Clemson Tigers, who not too long ago were national champions. Trevor Lawrence, Dabo Sweeney leading the charge. And uh, they lose to the Duke Blue Devils by a score twenty-seven to twenty-eight to seven. My my, have the mighty have fallen. Oh, Clemson! You know, me and Alex were talking about how you know maybe maybe Clemson is on the decline. Maybe it's time for some revamping, if you will. And you know what? going into the first half where it was just 7-6 Clemson, and then we have Riley Leonard running like he's Barry Sanders out there. Um, They make the they make their noise. I mean, the, touch, the quarterback didn't even score a touchdown. He didn't throw a touchdown for Duke. It was all about the running game and the defense, and Clemson was not ready to play. I mean, they weren't home, but what kind of excuse is that? Too bad. Clemson goes down, and... Their chance of making it to the college football playoffs are probably done. Unless they absolutely destroy all the ACC teams they're going to play for the rest of the year. Clemson is out of here. It is what it is. College football is a tough game. Whoever wants to be the top of the nation, you have to you know, first beat what the other 60 Power 5 schools and then all the hundreds of D1 programs and stuff like that. It's uh, Everything has to move right. But it's entertaining. It brings everyone together. And even though we had some shocks, if you will, ultimately we see Clemson being the team to uh, also fall and trying to get some hope for next year. But we'll see. It's still early. Um, but Clemson has a lot of the, but Clemson has a lot to make up for. But um, if Dabo Sweeney really is one of the great college football coaches of all time, I'm sure he will take this lesson and make sure he pushes it and not fall from it. So why don't we make some picks for the week? Why don't we focus specifically on the top 25 schools, the ranked schools, and we'll make some picks there. And then we will wrap it up for today in our second college football show, my first solo show. And Jesus, the show started. Um, but again, I appreciate the challenge, and I'm sure we'll have somebody back with me next week, and um, especially 
Alex Rinaldi or whatever he's doing with uh, somewhere in, in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania or something with a job. I don't know. But um, we will definitely see him next week. But Ball State in Georgia. Georgia is <laughs> Georgia has a minus 42-point spread. I'm going to go with the Georgia Bulldogs, and I think they're going to hit the spread. I think that this, they're going to put a 50-burger on Ball State. Shouts to David Letterman. Ohio State versus Youngston State. We don't have a spread open yet, but I know that obviously Ohio State's going to win this. Let's say the spread is at 30, minus 30, maybe even more. They're going to win. Destroy Youngston. Penn State versus Delaware. High noon. Again, no spread at the moment, but I'm sure we will see the Nitty Lions take care of business at home. What's next? Notre Dame and NC State. This game might be actually a little closer, but um, still fairly should go to the Fighting Irish's way. Sam Hartman, who I say is my pick to win the Heisman this year. I think he's going to take care of business against North Carolina State that just slid by against UConn. There was a chance that they were actually about to lose to them, but um, even though they're going to be at home, I think Notre Dame's going to take care of them pretty easily. Utah versus Baylor after Baylor loses North Texas and Notre Dame is just by the way the spread for Notre Dame and NC State is minus seven for Notre Dame seven and a half and Notre Dame's going to hit that Utah and Baylor I think Utah is going to uh, put on the noise you know jumping from 24th in nation to 12 a lot of people have good faith in them I think they're going to hit the spread at minus eight Troy and Kansas State give me Kansas State Ranked fifteenth in the nation, and uh, they're gonna put it. They're gonna embarrass Troy. Hit that spread again. All right, one game we're all excited for, and I mentioned high noon. Colorado. Believe this. Let's see. Where is the stadium exactly? Okay. Balsam Stadium in Boulder, Colorado, playing against the Nebraska Cornhuskers, who they themselves had a tough loss in the first week. You know, Matt Rule taking over that program. Give me Colorado, the minus three, and they're going to win by a touchdown. They're going to hit that spread. Clemson at 25th in the nation, still ranked, but um, not looking good. I'm sure they are going to destroy Charleston Southern at home. Again, no spread at the moment. Give me Clemson in a revenge game, or avenging game, if you will. UNLV versus Michigan, number two Michigan against UNLV. Michigan minus 36.5. Let's say they'll win, but they'll come short of the spread. Let's go with the Wolverines there, though. Ole Miss and Tulane, Mississippi opening at minus 7.5. 20th ranked Mississippi, Tulane is a 24. A lot of people like Tulane. I'm going to give me, give me Tulane on this one. They're going to get the upset on this. Texas A&M and Miami going to the U for this. 23 ranks Texas A&M. Give me Texas A&M with the points at minus 4. Then Tulsa and... Washington, Washington minus 34. I think they were going to have another great Michael Pennick Jr. game destroying this defense of T- Tulsa. Give me Washington. Austin Perry at Tennessee, 5 o'clock. Again, no spread. Give Tennessee. North Carolina and Appalachian State. 
Appalachian State did uh, put in a good game, I saw. And um, they played Gardner Weber, Gardner Webb, uh, putting 45 points against their defense. So I'll say that Appalachian State will. I'll give North Carolina the win of the money line, line, but give Appalachian State the uh, points. Like go with them as the underdogs, as eighteen point underdogs. SMU and Oklahoma. Oklahoma opening at minus fifteen and a half. Give me Oklahoma in the points. Duke and Lafayette. Duke is ranked at twenty one. Shouts to them, Daniel Jones. Give me the Blue Devils. And then Texas and Alabama, probably the most exciting game of the week. Alabama only opening at seven. Uh, give me Alabama. They're going to defeat Texas at home. They give me the points for Bama. Oregon and Texas Tech. Oregon 13th. Give me Oregon at six and a half. Bo Nix, another possible Heisman Trophy candidate or a first-round draft pick in the NFL draft. LSU and Grambling. Sucks to be Grambling because the LSU wants to uh, make people forget about their week one loss. Give me the Tigers. No spread on that. Wisconsin and Washington State, give me the points of Wisconsin minus minus six. Florida State and Southern Mississippi, Florida State is going to play play a hell of a game, cover the 31 points as well. Then uh, UC Davis and Oregon State, give me Oregon State, no spread there. And USC and Stanford, Stanford, though, trying to get out of the Pac-12 or trying to move. But give me the Trojans and Caleb Williams going to put on a hell of a show. So that will wrap up our college football show today. And you know what? That was very good. I really liked it. And we'll even do some more research if I have to do be solo dolo again. But I'm pretty sure we'll have Alex Ranelio back with us next week. But regardless, I appreciate and love each every each and every single one of you. And I'll be seeing you very, very soon. All right, we'll see you tomorrow with another tweet cap. All right. Peace. We did it, everybody. We were able to successfully do a solo college football show. And you know what? This was a pretty damn good one. Of course, there are things we can learn, things to improve on. There are definitely some positive points and then some points that we just need to improve for the better, and we will. But regardless, we're able to accomplish this goal, accomplish this goal, and yeah, the future is bright for this show and this brand. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show across all social media platforms. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast, Twitter and X at Prod Combo Pod, and we're on Facebook and TikTok at Productive Conversations. So we're back tomorrow doing a non-football show. We are doing the tweet cap and there is a lot of intense and weird things that happened on the internet this week. Somebody some crackheads that said he, you know, got freaky with Obama. We have the whole pizza shafu at Barstool from a week ago that I still want to talk about with Ryan. In fact, there's a good chance Jose's coming for this one as well. And we we get into this divorce lawyer who's been getting popular online a lot of good stuff for the tweet cap this week in particular the cop that was getting it on (laughs) on duty but um we'll save all that for tomorrow's show and you do not want to miss it and yep 
as we were able to do our college football show today, know that if there's ever an instance where we have to do a show by ourselves, we definitely have the resources, mind, and passion to make sure it's good. And as we keep our original goal to always entertain, inform, and inspire our audience, I hope we're able to accomplish that today for you. We will make sure we do that each and every single time. So I just want to thank Dolo Ren for what he does behind the scenes. I want to thank you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for tuning in every week. We'll be back a week from today, hopefully with Alex, to review week two of the college football season. Don't forget to check check us out on Wednesday where we review week one of the NFL season. So that will be nothing but a great time. But... I want to just remind you to have a great rest of your day. Don't forget chicken and your friends and family. Again, we will be back tomorrow with another tweet cap. I will see you all then. All right, have a great day, everybody. Much love. Peace. All she needed was some.